Welcome to Grounding Visions, a podcast from Society of Air, supporting artists, healers, small business owners, and social change makers in sharing their work with the world in a way that feels aligned, authentic, and even enjoyable. Because you have visions that are going places. Hello, welcome to Grounding Visions. I am your host, Holly Hilgenberg of Stained Ghost, artist, community builder, and creative communications practitioner. And today I've got the second back to basics offering for you, where we're exploring simple and yet often overlooked considerations when it comes to sharing our work with the world. Today, we're going to be talking about how to look at your marketing through the eyes of your audience. And the reason for this is that the whole point of marketing is to be able to connect with those who your work is for. And if they can't understand, engage with, or follow what you're putting out, then all of your hard work is for nothing. And we do not want that. We want to make sure that especially as small business owners, artists, and practitioners, that our valuable time and energy and resources are put to good use. Thus, it can be really helpful when we are working on our communications to shift our perspective and review them through the eyes of someone who may know nothing of our work. And this allows us to spot areas and issues that we, being as deeply ingrained as we are in our work, may have overlooked or missed. So in this week's episode, I'll offer some suggestions as to how to do just that. And if you're listening to these back to basic episodes and thinking, okay, I get it. I get the basics. I, I'm feeling good about that. And I'm still just feeling completely overwhelmed or I'm not really sure where to start or I think I have like a lot of the understanding of how I want to move forward in a launch that I have coming up or even my planning for the next quarter, but I'm still just not really feeling like I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because there's so much and I want to make sure that my time and energy is being utilized in the best way possible so I can continue doing this work and connect with the people who my work is for. If you are feeling this way, I really encourage you to check out my consulting package that I have available for folks just like you in order to support you in moving through all of those blocks and sticky points and to make sure that the time and energy and focus and effort that you are putting into your marketing efforts in the months or even year to come is supporting your visions and the amazing work that you're doing so you can keep doing it and you can keep building your impact 
with the people that you are here to help. If you're interested in learning more about how this consulting package can support you in achieving your goals, in strengthening your impact, and continuing to build your work so that you are sustaining it and able to keep doing what you are here to do, check it out in the show notes below. Um, you can also visit societyofair.com slash consulting to learn more about what this package entails and how it can support you in moving from having a vague idea of what your plan is for the time ahead to actually creating something that is concrete that we work together for you to try out see what works, adjust what is needed, and overall to feel really good about what you're sharing with the world while also seeing results. And knowing that all the time and energy that you're putting into your marketing is actually doing something. I'm really excited to talk with you if this is something that you are into. So let's be in touch. And now on with the show. So when we're thinking about how to look at our work through the eyes of our audience, it can be helpful to also consider the fact that audience and the people who are actually looking at and engaging with our marketing materials might be coming not just from their own experiences, but their own level of engagement and understanding with our work itself. I found it really helpful um, in a recent episode of the Off the Grid podcast, where host Amelia Irby talks about this concept of having different layers of engagement with your work and how those different groups of people within those layers are looking for different things as far as the information that you're sharing. And the way that she breaks this down is that you have the audience, which are essentially the folks that know the least about your work that are the least engaged with it. And then we have the community, which are people that have more regular engagement with our work and are more familiar with it, but they haven't quite gotten to the point of being a client or a customer. And those are the folks that have actually financially invested in the work that you're providing. And I feel like this can be a useful framework to consider when we're talking about how people are thinking about reading and engaging with what we're sharing with them about our work, particularly on the level of the information that they're seeking and their understanding of what it is that we are sharing. I also want to offer this episode with the caveat that everyone experiences communication technology differently and that folks have a tendency to assume that the way that they experience it is how everyone else experiences it. (laughs) So, 
you know, be aware of your own tendency to do so if you find that creeping in and to also acknowledge the importance of holding others' own boundaries, their use, and energetic sovereignty when it comes to how they might be experiencing your marketing. And this can be really helpful to hold when we find ourselves layering on our own insecurities over what we might perceive as lack of interest, engagement, or even judgment. So this might be an example like, let's say you are on your email all the time. You have the notification on your phone that pops up when you get a new email. You are always checking it and you're just always engaging with it. So then if this is your experience, you might have had the chance of sending someone an email and not hearing back from them for days and thinking that that means that they don't want to work with you or that you said something that annoyed them or that, you know, they're actively trying to ignore you and, you know, any number of scenarios that can leak in about what it means that someone didn't get back to you right away, because in your mind, that's what you would do. But this is a perfect example of like recognizing that everyone is experiencing these things in different ways. The email that you might have for that person might be one that they very rarely check, or maybe they are on vacation and they're creating a really strict boundary around when they're looking at their email, or they might have seen it and thought, oh, that's a cool idea. I should get back to this person, but had been completely immersed in a bunch of other shit and it slipped their mind. So just keep that in mind when you're going through these exercises. And also if you ever find yourself feeling weird or judgmental or cringy or any of those kind of stuck icky feelings about how people are reacting or not reacting to the communications that you share. And I will be exploring this concept further in an upcoming issue of the Double Gemini Substack newsletter that I put out through my art business, Sting Ghost. So if you're interested in learning more, please sign up and subscribe in the show notes below. Groovy. So I encourage you to check it out, especially because I think that thinking about our communications and how other people are experiencing them can be helpful in this framework, not just as business owners, but as humans and in making the internet world maybe a little bit more of a softer, kinder place. So with that, let's dig into how we actually think and look at our communications in a way that our audience might be experiencing them. When we are thinking about this idea of how our audience is viewing our marketing materials. And right there, I'm using the term audience as a very broad way of describing anyone that might be reading or seeing what we're putting out into the world or listening to. Um, (laughs) But 
uh, we want to really keep in mind two different things. We want to be thinking about the practical and the impactful. So what I mean by that is for the practical, we are looking at those very basic things that were similar to what we explored in the last Grounding Visions podcast episode about creating clear communications. So these will be things along the lines of having, you know, clear information about how to contact you or engage with your work. And then when we're thinking about impactfulness, that is where it can come in handy to think about those different layers of engagement. Because someone who might not know much about our work is going to have different needs than someone who is already invested, already familiar. So as we're going through these reflections that I'm going to be sharing, I think it can also be helpful to recognize that You know, there are many different ways that we can answer these questions, especially when we're, again, not just considering the fact that everyone is bringing their own experiences and knowledge and, you know, framework to how they are approaching our marketing, but also in terms of the level, again, of engagement and interest in the work, depending where that person is in those kind of three categories of audience, community, and client or customer. So as you're going through this exercise and thinking about these different reflection questions, if you find yourself getting really overwhelmed because you know, you're like, I can picture 20 different people needing 20 different things when they come to my website. That's okay. What I would suggest doing is to take that opportunity to think about this exercise as more of a brainstorming session and allow yourself to just, you know, write down or, you know, make note of anything that is coming up. And then going back over that and really identifying the top things that are jumping out to you that for the people who you are working to serve and that your work is for would likely be the most important things that they would be trying to seek out from whatever piece of communications or platform it is that they're looking at. And so for this first consideration, thinking about the practical aspect of what our audience would be needing when they're engaging with our marketing work. What we want to be doing for this part of the consideration is looking at either our platforms. So that would be anything that we have available for people to check out, to learn more about or engage with our work. So this is anything ranging from social media platforms to our website, to our podcast page on Apple, to our email newsletter, all the things. (laughs) Like essentially thinking about When people are checking out any of those platforms that we are using for our work and sharing it, 
we want to do an audience audit. So for that, it can be helpful to go to whatever platform it is. Let's say we are talking about your Instagram page and you are a brick and mortar shop. Okay, so for anyone that is happening upon your Instagram account, what is it that those folks are looking for? Well, they're probably looking for what kind of products you carry, where you are located, what your hours are. And here, again, we're really looking at this from the viewpoint of someone that doesn't know anything about our business because your most loyal customers may have your store hours etched inside their brains. (laughs) So that might not necessarily be important. But to the vast majority of people, that is probably the most important thing after your location that they need to know in order to be able to patronize your shop. If we're looking at our Instagram page in the instance of us being a shop, a brick and mortar store, then knowing or being able to anticipate what people might be looking for when they're on our Instagram page gives us really important information that we can then look at our page itself and recognize where we might not have information available that people might be looking for. So if we find then that on our Instagram account, it's not clear where our location is or what the hours are, or to even have a intuitive way of being able to find that information, say linking to your website that has that info, Um, Although I would suggest if you are a physical location (laughs) that having that in your bio as well as your hours can be really helpful because people, frankly, are lazy slash busy. (laughs) And, you know, if they really have to dig in order to find that those basic pieces of information, they might just decide to give up and just go to the next one. So, you know, this can be a really good example of something that's really easy to provide and yet can often be overlooked because we might be more focused on just being like, I just want to share what my shop's mission is and all the awesome products that I have, which are also very important. And we also want to make sure that we are utilizing these platforms so that they are actually sharing the information that people need, not just to understand what our work is about, but to be able to engage with it and invest in everything that we put into it. So look at your platforms and ask yourself, what is it that my audience would be on here to find? And am I providing that for them? And in addition to looking at our platforms and doing audits of them based on how we would anticipate audiences would be, you know, trying to engage with them and what information they'd be looking for, we can also layer this approach on any kind of communications that we do 
Um, I touched on this a bit last week in the episode about crafting clear communications, but essentially the idea is before you put out your newsletter or you know post on Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is that you're doing, you want to think about, okay, if I didn't know everything that I knew about what I'm sharing, because I'm the person that's created it, and I'm the person who is doing the work, how would I be able to make sense of this? And here we're talking about things like, is the most important information that we're sharing actually included in the communication? If we are asking people to take some sort of action, is it clear what that action is? And also, can they easily take that action? Let's say you have an awesome new breathwork workshop coming up. Super excited about it. So rad. You've created the graphic for it. You have the workshop available on your online shop so that people can sign up for it and you are going to post about it on your Instagram account. Okay, so fabulous. So you know all the information because you're doing the workshop. You created the online page for people to sign up for it. You created the graphic. But if we stop and you think to yourself, What if I didn't know any of that? What if I was just a person who was scrolling through Instagram and I see this cool graphic? What would I need to know in order to decide if this workshop is something that I want to learn more about or even sign up for? So you'd want to know things like, when is it? What is the date and time? Where is it? Does it cost anything? If so, what is the cost? And again, some folks, myself included, don't necessarily always put the cost of a workshop right out front when they're promoting things. And part of that is to encourage people to look more into the offering by going to the sales page itself. So you might want to experiment with that, or you could put it right out there on the post as well. And also, you know, any of the bare basic information about what the workshop entails, who's going to be teaching it, is there going to be any special treats or, you know, music accompaniment, anything like that, that people might be interested in would pique their interest in wanting to, you know, really consider that they want to take the time and invest in being part of this offering. And we'll get a little bit more into the idea of more of the messaging in the next part of this exercise. But for now, we're really just talking about the bare basics here. So you want to make sure that you have all that information. In addition to that, you want it to be clear that if people want to join the workshop or learn more, that they can visit your shop page that has more information and allows them to register. And then 
you want to make sure that whatever you are telling people to do in order to learn more or to register is clearly accessible. So this would be an example of making sure, for instance, that you have the sales page for the Breathwork Workshop easily accessible through your Instagram page, be it that being the one link that you have on there, or if you use something like a link tree, which I really recommend, um, that it is on there and very clearly labeled is sign up for the breathwork workshop here. <laughs> I'd also like to offer this really quick word on links when it comes to Instagram. Something that I have seen a lot of folks doing, I think in huge part because they're utilizing the cross-posting um, feature of Facebook, is including URL links in Instagram post captions. Because the issue with this is unlike in Facebook, which allows you to put a URL website address in so that it's a hyperlink so people can just click right on the link itself and go to the web page. Instagram does not have that function. So basically what you're doing then is you have your caption with your lovely description and information about what it is that you are posting about. And then you have the gobbledygook of a URL that people can't do anything with. You know, maybe they could go in and copy and paste the URL, but depending on what kind of device they're even using, that might be really difficult. And it certainly is not user-friendly. So something to keep in mind, again, for Instagram, really the best practice to be able to offer direct links for people to be able to go to different web pages or to sign up for a class or to buy a product would be to either put the link itself in the the bio under their link section. Um, and you can now have a few different links through um, Instagram. It used to be that you could only provide one. Um, and you can also customize it so it's similar to like a button, I believe. I do not use that function, however. I really love the functionality of using a platform like Linktree. Um, you can pay for a more advanced, robust version of Linktree, but their free option is like a really just professional, nice looking way to be able to provide as many links as you want for different things that you're offering within your Instagram profile. And so this is a really good option for people that are promoting different workshops or products, or let's say you're even, you know, encouraging people to donate to specific causes. Basically anything that's a link you can have in your link tree and you can customize the language around how that's showing up so that when people look at it, they're not just seeing a random URL, but they're actually seeing something that describes what that link is. So just be aware of that. Um, 
It's one of the reasons why I don't think that cross-posting from Facebook to Instagram really makes sense. The platforms are not functioning the same way. And if you do do that and you're sharing a URL, just know that then you'll need to go back into the Instagram post and edit it anyway. So we got the practical by auditing our platforms and reviewing our various communications by thinking about how people would be engaging with them and what information they would be trying to find. And then we can look at our communications through the eyes of our audience in terms of its impact and how that person might be feeling affinity or interest or like this is something that they would be into. And then it can be helpful to ask the question, why do I care? So what is it about what you're sharing that your audience would care about? How can it help them or benefit their lives? If you are sharing something that might not seem directly connected to their personal experience, why would they care? Does it reflect their values? Is it about something that they believe in, etc.? And here it can be really helpful to think about the idea when you are crafting any of your communications to really lead from the point of impact and the point of view of the audience. There's often the tendency when we're putting together something like, say, a Facebook post, when we are announcing a new offering or something that we've been working on, to start with centering our experience, which this isn't to say that your experience is not important, but starting that post for the announcement of, let's say, your new dog grooming shop with, I'm so excited, photo suds is opening on Thursday, and I can't wait to see you all, literally tells the audience nothing about what your new shop can do for them. So you're excited. And apparently you have named your dog grooming shop photo suds instead of Frodo or I don't I don't know what are those like generic dog names these days anyway (laughs) so not only are you excited but you know what is going to catch the eye of the person who this dog grooming shop is actually potentially for to be able to like look at that and be like, oh, this is for me. I'm interested versus, okay, that's cool. Holly has a dog grooming shop and she's pumped. And it doesn't necessarily need to be that different. But an example of really centering the impact of the audience versus our experience would look something like, do you have a hard time washing your dog because you don't have a tub at home and your dog is a gigantic wild mess who requires so much grooming work? Well, I'm offering grooming services where you can bring your dog to my shop and wash it without having to worry about mess to clean up afterwards 
breaking your back by trying to get him in and out of the sink or not being able to even get at all those hard to reach muddy spots. Something like that. That sounds a lot more inviting than being like, I'm so excited. My dog grooming shop is now open. Because the thing is, they'll feel your excitement whether or not you directly say that you're excited. So that's just one kind of example. But really what this comes down to is, again, really thinking about the impact of our work and what our audience or customers are actually getting from the work that we're providing them and making sure that when we're sharing our communications, we are communicating just that. So again, asking yourself when you're reviewing what it is that you're going to be putting out into the world, sharing your work, that question of, if I was a random person looking at this, why would I care? What about this is speaking to me in a way that would actually better my life, make me happier, help me heal, make my home look better. You know, whatever it is that your work is here to help other people with. And in addition to shifting this perspective in order to make our communications more clear to the people who are taking them in about how our work is here to help them, Making this kind of perspective shift can also help us get a bit more out of our heads in terms of this work really just being a reflection of ourselves, especially if you might be having any issues around visibility or feelings of anxiety around being judged. And Again, it just really can remind us that this work is really about other people and sharing it and telling people about it should be that way as well. So I hope that this has been helpful. Again, if you know you are like, okay, I understand these basic elements and the idea behind what Holly is sharing and I am still feeling a bit stuck or overwhelmed or not really sure exactly how I'm going to make my communications happen in the time to come, definitely check out that consulting package on the website at societyofair.com slash consulting or in the show notes below because It's really there to help support you in gaining clarity around all the different elements of your communications work and making sure that you are able to communicate about your work in a way that you're reaching the people that your work is for and able to get that kind of support in having people invest in your amazing work, feel the impact, and continue to grow your work and do the amazing things that you are here to do. So that's it for now. Our next episode, I am going to be diving deeper into websites. So get excited for that. 
And until then, stay warm, stay dry, and have a good one. Thank you for listening to Grounding Visions. For more support in sharing your magic with the world, visit societyofair.com. Follow me on Instagram at society.of.air or sign up for the Grounding Visions newsletter in the show notes below. And a special thanks to Chris Rose of Robust Worlds for our theme music and production support. And if you've enjoyed this episode and know folks who would benefit from it, please share it with them. Thank you for your gift of connection. And until next time, take it easy and have a good one. Thank you.